bet on them to be swept. 4-0 at plus 300. So um, I'd like that. 3-1 three, three to one odds for uh, the Bucks to sweep us. Or sweep the Bulls, that is. No, yeah, it's definitely uh, tough from where we've came uh, with the Chicago Bulls this season earlier on in the year being the number one seed, having questions of, oh, how far can this team go? Now, realistically, looking at where we are at the end of the year, first-round exit is just kind of, we dug this grave for us. The, the Bulls dug this grave for themselves. And, you know, for the Bulls, I, I think I mentioned on the last time talking about the Bucks. since 2018, the Bulls are 1-17 in 17 versus the Bucks since 2018. And I know those teams back then have not been nearly as good, but um, still doesn't change the fact that the Bulls are 0-4 to the Bucks during this season. No, yeah, the, even the last two years we've had better teams. So you think about like the last six to eight games we've played against one and seventeen or whatever is ridiculous. It definitely shows that they have our number this year. Yeah, no, they they definitely do. So uh, that first game is on Easter Sunday. Um, at the go ahead one on Twitter uh, for you guys, do you think the Bulls get swept to the Bucks here? Um, I'm going to go, yeah, I said plus 300. I like it a lot, betting odds-wise. Um, but do you think they can squeeze by one? How about even for Sunday's game? It's on Easter now in Milwaukee. I'm going to I'm gonna have to say no on this one, man. Uh, if you're going to lose all four games in the regular season to the Bucks, I think that the playoffs are going to be no different, especially considering this is a team that won the finals last year. They've got playoff experience compared to I mean, to yeah, the these Bulls. are the reigning NBA champions. Yeah, you can't say, oh, the sixth seed's about to come out here and win game one. Uh, I just don't see it happening, and if they don't pull off the shocker of winning game one, I don't think they pull out anything at all. So you you think if they don't win game one, then they don't win anything at all, like nothing at all? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. If they if they go off losing game one, I think they lose the entire series. What about like when it's three zero? Maybe they take out Giannis a little bit more and leave Drew Holiday because the series is over once it's three zero. Maybe they can get one out on game four because Milwaukee just doesn't try and it's the last home game. For the Bulls there? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. You know, like, it, it should go 2-2 two, two, and then 3, right? Yeah. Or, wait, no? Yes. Yeah, that's how it is for the NBA. Yes, two, yes. Two, three. Yes, yes. So, um, regardless, anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling too confident about it. Um, but if there's any game that they could win, what do the Bulls need to do in order to win that game? Uh, you need to have Caruso play, which I've been seeing that he might not be able to come back for the uh, playoffs with uh, another injury coming back up for him. Outside of that, you're going to need DeMar DeRozan to be on his A game as well as Zach Levine just to make up for the fact that Giannis is going to destroy you with his offensive and defensive end of the ball. But you're going to just need everybody to be on their A game. You're going to need some sort of rim p- protection from uh, Vooch, uh, Vooch. And then outside of that, it's just it's really everybody's got to be full full go for them to win in this series. Yeah. Uh, I, I You and I have talked enough about this at this point that we feel it's it's not even really a competitive series at this point. Um, but it should still be fun, at least to watch. The Bulls are in the playoffs. That's that's a big enough standpoint in the first place that I, it's, it's exciting. Um, but some other, um, you know, Playoff games that are coming up here. Uh, first off, one of the ones I want to ask you about because it seems to be a very popular topic that everybody seems to be liking to talk about. How do you feel about the Brooklyn Nets and Boston Celtics playoff series? It's a first-round matchup. It's interesting with the uh, the spiral that the Brooklyn Nets have been on recently. 
uh, you'd want to say, oh, Boston's definitely got this. But for me personally, I feel like Kevin Durant might carry uh, Brooklyn out of this round. I feel like it's going to be a one-and-done kind of thing for them. They make it out of the first round, and then they're kicked. But I feel like they've got enough juice to get through at least the first round. I definitely feel like um, Boston is actually the underdog in this situation. Would you say so or no? What do you think? Uh with the with where we are right now, I would would not agree with you. I'd say maybe a few months ago when Boston was kind of getting their sea legs and they were becoming a better team, uh, sure. But now that they've kind of proven themselves for the last few months as being a more quote unquote consistent team than Brooklyn, just because Brooklyn had like an absolute spiral happen after they lost James Harden. So I'm gonna take a quick peek at the odds for the. Uh for what the series is, and it is, yep, actually you are right. Brooklyn is plus 110 for the series, so they're barely favoring Boston. It's supposed to be a 50-50 chance at this point pretty much with a minus 130 money line. Um, I I think Boston's going to win this one out in seven games. Like I really think this is going to come right down to the wire. Game six and seven is going to be absolutely crazy. And this first-round matchup between all of the other first-round matchups that are coming up, this is um, for Saturday, uh, Jazz and Mavericks are playing, Timberwolves and Grizzlies, Raptors and 76ers, Nuggets and Warriors. And then Sunday, we got the Nets and Celtics and Bulls and Bucks for your Easter Sunday. So pretty good matchups all around here, though. But I definitely think that Nets-Celtics is going to be a crazy first-round matchup. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just uh, the the scoring ability that we're going to see from both teams there. Jason Tatum, an absolute animal. And then, obviously, Kevin Durant, best scorer in the NBA as far as I'm concerned. And um, for the Jazz Mavericks series that's coming up here, um, Luka got hurt at the end of his last game. So they don't really know what he's going to be like. And that's a huge question mark because he is the Dallas Mavericks. Everything that is Dallas is Luka Doncic. If they don't have Luka Doncic, the Mavericks are nothing. It's a walk in the park then. Will they have Luka playing for that? Uh, That's that it's up in the air right now. They're not sure. Same with Steph Curry as well. Steph Curry is up in the air if he'll be available for the first game or so, maybe even the first series. Yeah, I saw that with uh, who do the Warriors have in that first-round matchup? Nuggets, Denver. Yeah, with that first-round matchup, uh, if they don't have Steph and Curry, it's going to be an interesting uh, time for Jokic to maybe prove that, hey, they can still beat the Warriors, who are one of the teams to beat in the West. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. Um, how, how do you feel about the Timberwolves? Did you watch any of those play-in games yesterday? There's some more play-in games tonight, but uh, yesterday the Clippers and the Timberwolves played, and um, Paul George had a really, really big game, almost scored 40 points. Um, the Clippers were up by seven points with seven minutes left in the game, and Cat got fouled out. Done. And they still lost the game. It was it was really hard to watch. It was a twenty five to seven run for the Timberwolves, so a big run. D'Angelo Russell scored twenty five points. Uh, Anthony Edwards scored twenty five points and five threes. Played really really well, and um, it's kind of interesting. They're they're uh, a weird little team out there. No, yeah, I definitely did see that. Uh, and then Patrick Beverly, obviously a former Los Angeles Clipper, was definitely talking some smack. On uh, Instagram after they pulled off that win against the uh, Clippers there. So it was it was definitely a wild first night of the play-in, and we're looking forward to some of the great games tonight. Uh, the two other games tonight are the Pelicans and Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. So 
First off, let's go on the West Coast then. How, how do you feel about Pelicans-Spurs? Pelicans-Spurs, it's an interesting uh, matchup here. It's a young team and then a team that's also kind of, I guess, developing young. Kind of interesting dynamic over there for the San Antonio Spurs. But um, I personally am going to say that I'll take uh, New Orleans here. I don't know if you're going to agree with me on that. It's kind uh, of like you know what? Honestly, I, I think it's it's a real 50-50 on this game. And um, I don't think there's really any big X factor per se. You know, Brandon Ingram's going to do his thing, and du- Duhante Murray is going to do his thing for the Spurs. So uh, I'll go with Greg Popovich. <laughs> I respect that answer. Yeah, I always. guess that, that's it. So um, East the East game, though, seems a lot more fun, and that's uh, LaMelo Ball and the Hornets versus Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. How do you feel about that one? It's kind of weird because uh, you look at those two player molds and builds, you've got two similar playing styles when you look at Trey Young and you look at uh, LaMelo Ball, both guys who can shoot from major range. They also can uh, facilitate the ball quite well, crazy handles. In this case, I'm going to have to go with the young guy. I just think that although they've kind of been the definition of mediocre with like like being a 500 record, just in general kind of like middle-of-the-pack team, Charlotte, I feel like they'll be able to... Uh, outplay the Atlanta Hawks here, who kind of had a disappointing season overall. Yeah, um, I, I I think again this this Atlanta Hawks Charlotte game is going to be really tough. Um, but I probably would say with Jared Allen being out for Cleveland, whoever wins this game is probably going to beat Cleveland to go on and face the one seeded Miami. Um, so I I I feel whoever wins Charlotte versus Atlanta is going to beat Cleveland next, and um. I also feel that the Clippers are probably going to beat whoever New Orleans or San Antonio plays. So I would imagine the playoff setting will be as follows then. I'll go with this then. Um, Phoenix will be facing the Clippers in the first round. Dallas and Utah. Golden State and Denver. Memphis and Minnesota. Miami and either Atlanta or Charlotte. Philly and Toronto. Bucks and Bulls. Celtics and Brooklyn. It's a pretty pretty solid playoff setting Stacked. for the NBA coming around here, and it's going to be fun. We'll we'll keep you up to date on everything here at the Go Ahead. Um, you know, what? I'll ask another question really quick out here. Who is the favorite to win it all this year on the NBA playoffs between the Suns, the Warriors, whoever? Who at the Go Ahead one? Who's the favorite to win the championship this year? Uh, for me, and then we'd love to hear what you have to say, guys. I'm going to have to go with uh, out of the West. I'm going to have to go with the Phoenix Suns. I think they're just deep team. They made it there last year, and I think they're coming back for revenge. And then over on the East, I'd have to say if they make some crazy run, I'd go with Brooklyn, but I'm probably going to say the Philadelphia 76ers personally. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh a rematch actually or if if it's not phoenix it'll be golden state in my eyes and i think milwaukee's probably getting there no matter what i, okay, I so feel i feel very phoenix versus uh milwaukee, milwaukee again okay yeah okay. and i'm actually gonna go with phoenix winning around this time but that'll wrap it up for us here on our play-in and nba playoff schedule here and uh we're gonna be talking about the cubs now and are the cubs gonna be a playoff t- team this year stay tuned don't think so this is your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com. 
Jill's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Jill's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just small. For more on the menu, visit Joe's Hot Dogs, Joliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, be on air.com. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Here's a swing and a high fly ball out towards right center field. That one going back and it's gone. Say you later. And Seiya Suzuki to right center field shoots that out into the jet stream. His second and it's one zip. This one drilled in the air left field way back there and he's done it again. Say a Suzuki goes yard, and it is two nothing. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and I'm Will Shoemaker. And yeah, as you just heard, Seiya Suzuki has been on an absolute tear for the Cubs, and single-handedly won. Yesterday's ball game for them with two solo shots, as you just heard from uh, Cubs play-by-play guys. Yeah, it was uh, definitely awesome to see that for Seiya Suzuki. There were some question marks going into the year to how he'd adjust to major league pitching and fastballs, which is fair because of the difference in velocity overseas. But uh, definitely a standout performance for the Chicago Cubs this weekend, and especially yesterday for Suzuki. Yeah, um, first off, 
what is what is going on with the Brewers? Holy crap! I mean, they 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 do not look like a division winning team in the first five games of the year. Let me tell you, I know their offense was only struggleish last year, but when that starting pitching isn't there, they look like an average ball club. Oh, that's that's uh, that's a hot take for me. I get that uh, rotation hasn't done what it's expected to have done so far, and you obviously have to be patient with that lineup, considering that like. They don't have any superstars because I don't consider Yelich a superstar anymore, personally. But that's the point, though. Like that's why they're they don't look that amazing to me. If Woodruff isn't that good, Freddie Peralta gets destroyed, and Corbin Burns doesn't do good, yeah, they're gonna have a they're never gonna win a game if they do bad. They can't score enough runs to compete. They just got shut out to Baltimore. Yeah, getting shut out to Baltimore. There's no excuse for that, right? That's <laughs> to my be point. Honest. Like the, you lose the series to the Cubs and. The Cubs are not as good as the Brewers. And, of course, you know, anything can happen in baseball. Every uh, The Orioles can win any day. But for the Brewers to start so poorly in those first five games, was it was pretty rough to watch. Um, but the Cubs looked exceptional, and their pitching looked exceptional in those games too. Of course, you were facing the Brewers and now the Pirates. But um, they've played pretty damn well. And um, today is not so much, not so well. Kyle Hendricks is, had a really bad start today. So um, right now the game is still currently going on, and it is in the ninth inning as we speak. Cubs are down 2-6. to six. Um, So we'll pay attention and see if they make a comeback at all. But um, Cubs are probably going to move to 3-2 and two on the season. And uh, first off, just talking about Seiya Suzuki. He already has three home runs now and hit the two for the game yesterday. Do you think Seiya Suzuki has a chance at rookie of the year. And I'll ask that for us here on Twitter at the go ahead one is say Suzuki, a possible candidate for rookie of the year. Uh, definitely. And I think that's an answer everyone's going to have just considering how much hype he had in the off season as an international free agent and the contract number that he got and, uh, scouting reports that have been put out on him, YouTube videos, all that stuff. Uh, just the hype behind him. I think definitely he's a rookie of the year candidate and, him getting off to a hot start in the first week of the season here definitely fortifies that, hey, he just got here and he's already doing it. He's a Rookie of the Year candidate. Yeah, and, you know, I, I want to say myself just watching him hit, um, he looks so professional. Um, really, really good at bats, patient, drawing walks, hard base hits, three home runs. He he looks all that was advertised from Japan. And um, a really good addition for the Cubs. I, I think it's a really good fit for him there, being in that middle of the order uh, at some point here. He's more like five or six right now, but I think he'll be at the three or four very, very soon. Definitely, definitely. Um, so Cubs, in that first series, um, they pulled off one win, or the, the first win of the on, on the year with that 5-4 victory. Um you saw a lot of great things. Uh, there's been a lot of patience from the Cubs in general. They've been taking a lot of walks. And, of course, the pitching itself has been excellent, especially on that second game where they shut out the Brewers as, as a total, only giving up four hits. Um, and they only had hits from the top of the order. McCutcheon, Willie Adamez, and Christian Yelich were the, mainly the only people who had hits in that Saturday game. And they, they, they hit up Woodruff really, really hard. Woodruff went... Three and two-thirds, six hits, seven earned runs with three walks and only two strikeouts. Yeah, he got Sheldon for what he did last year. Definitely not what you want to see to start off the season if you're a Brewers fan here. 
Yeah, that's not the Brandon Woodruff that um, Brewers fans and baseball fans all love and know. That was not the Brandon Woodruff that I have seen in the last two years. Brandon Woodruff is an ace. He is a superstar um, and did not look like it at all. And even in that first inning, he uh, he walked in a bases-loaded run. And that's not like Brandon. He's not wild enough like that. And even Corbin. Corbin was wild in game one, too. Um but surprisingly, this this Cubs lineup is is doing a lot better than I thought it would. Um, are there any surprises for you besides Seiya Suzuki that you have seen or liked? Uh, seeing Nico Horner hit his first home run in a, quite a while was awesome. First first home run of the season yeah, for exactly. all teams. Yeah, for all teams. And then just for him personally, I know it's been since like 2019 or something crazy like that. I know it was a short in 2020, and then he was injured in 2021. But he's always been that guy that the Cubs are looking at as like, oh, he's going to be one of the next big guys for us. So him getting a home run to start off the season for all of baseball, big for them. And then Nick Madrigal kind of had a couple solid games there as well. Um, Nick Madrigal has been somewhat off to a, a bit of a slow start and, you know, just a, a couple like one hit game or something like that. Nothing too crazy, but um, good to see him actually on the field um, since he was last injured and didn't know when we'd uh, – See him back on the field. Um, Ian Happ has been exceptional, and uh, picking it up right where he left off last year. The thing about Ian Happ is, is if Ian Happ doesn't perform to his capabilities, uh, he'll probably be done on this team. So this is his ride or die moment of his career. You gotta, you gotta put it together. You want to stay in Chicago. You want to stay starting. You gotta, you gotta compete. You gotta put up those numbers. So. uh, he hears that and he's he's competing. He's putting up those numbers. Uh, speaking of what you were saying about Nico Horner, um, I always liked Nico's contact and um, non-striking out. You know uh, his uh, bat on ball contact ability, and I've always said um, if the man puts on a little bit more muscle to get that slugging, he'll he'll be a good major league ball player. He just doesn't have uh, the body for it at the moment. But um, seeing that home run there, it gives it a little bit more life that he's on the way to being uh, a better, stronger hitter. Um, Wisdom hasn't really done much from them. Um, You know, it's early, but um, you got to see some sort of uh, progression, some big hits from him. He was uh, a big piece for that team last year. Same with Schwindel. Um, Haven't really seen the pop from those guys yet, but um, I imagine it'll come around at some point. Um, Pitching-wise, who do you think's better, Stroman or Hendricks? Uh, Who do you think is the ace of the team? For me, it's Stroman. Uh, I understand having the same guy pitch opening day for you year after year is kind of a big thing for teams, like the consistency there. But uh, Hendricks, going into this season, I didn't agree with the pick for him to be opening day starter. He did all right in his opening day start, but he just looked kind of gassed in that second start, and his velocity's not what it used to be. He's never been a big velo guy, but he just doesn't have the same it factor that he used to have. So I'm I'm gonna go Stroman for the consistency factor. I, I I do like it for the consistency factor, but if I do see Kyle Hendricks that opening day starter, more often than not, um, he could definitely put himself right back up there at the Stroman level at the top of that rotation. But um, first game, Kyle went five and one third, five innings, one earned run, three walks with seven strikeouts and. Seven strikeouts is a lot for uh, Kyle. Kyle's not really usually about the strikeout numbers. And today was a different story. Kyle only went three and two-thirds, giving up seven hits, six earned runs with four walks. That's not the Kyle Hendricks that 
we all love and know. No, yeah, Kyle's been known, uh, at least in the past, uh, for his consistency and just his ability to miss bats and really limit offensive like wisdom outbursts. Wisdom just struck out, and that's the that's the ball game. So uh, Cubs are officially now three and two on the season. Um, Suzuki had a walk there in the ninth inning, so they had a chance to get a little rally going, but nothing came of it. Uh, Contreras had a big home run today. Um, Suzuki's still doing well. Uh, three for one today with a walk, and yeah, just performing really, really well. And that's that's going to be a big thing. You know, they put a lot of money into this guy, and uh, it's only been 15 at bats, but he looks like one of the best players in that division at this point right now. Even though you know Arenado's going hard, he's putting up the same numbers. Um, we'll see how he ends up doing. It's really nice that in uh, 15 at bats, he already has five walks on top of his three home runs. So he, he's doing it all. Yeah, it's not necessarily to downplay uh, overseas baseball, but it shows some real patience. That he's able to do that. Uh, just Nine with, RBIs, too. Nine RBIs in the first five games. That shows that guys are also getting on base for him, which is not necessarily a surprise because we thought, oh, the Cubs can surprise us with a decent offense this year. But um, just nine RBIs in the first, what, five games is that now? Yeah. That's kind of insane run production so far. Yeah, and I, I don't think he had an RBI today, so he had nine in the first four games, right? There you go, yeah. Suzuki. What, no, he was, did have one RBI today. Okay, he one did have for one three R- with the RBI. Uh, one for one for three with an RBI and a walk. Okay, so okay. another another fantastic game for him. Really, there you go. Um, Cubs play again. I think this was only a, a two game series. So yeah, they have. Yeah, it's a two game set. So they actually are playing tomorrow though. Uh, they play a four game series now on the road in Colorado. So we'll be able to see what. The Cubs offense can do under that Colorado air, and it'll be their first time playing against Chris Bryant in a Rocky uniform. That'll yeah, be, that'll that's be going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, it's going to be uh, the, the face of the franchise officially going up against his former team. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, so that'll wrap it up here for us in our Cubs segment. Uh, before we have the update here, uh, we'll be talking about Next, do the White Sox have anybody to worry about in the division? Stay tuned. Kind of. Back to your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com. Scoreboard update. At 3.30, I'm Will Shoemaker with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Chicago Bulls finished the NBA season with a record of 46-36 and 36 this year, which was good enough to earn the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. This season had its ups and downs, but the Bulls still managed to have their best record since the 2014-2015 season. Chicago has a tough matchup in the first round of the NBA playoffs as they go up against the third seed reigning NBA champ Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to take a lot to, for the Bulls to even get a game in this series considering the regular season set. The, reg- the series opens up with the Bulls on the road Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. The Chicago Blackhawks suffered another tough loss at home against the Los Angeles Kings. The Blackhawks are currently on a eight-game losing streak, and this is not my first time mentioning a losing streak this year. Rebuild or not, I hope to see the Hawks turn things around Thursday night against the San Jose Sharks. Good start to the season for both Northside and Southside fans, with both teams going 2-1 and one to open up the year. The White Sox had their home opener Tuesday afternoon as they pulled out a 3-2 win against the Seattle Mariners. 
La Pantera, Luis Robert, is off to a hot start to get the year going. 6 for 16 with a home run. Good to see this from Robert as the Sox are banking on him to have an MVP season after what they saw out of him last year. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. This is your home for sports. Red Laps! SportstownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the Nasty Biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the Chicken Fried Chicken Biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy, you're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed-out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it has been, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Hits it in the air right. Back at the wall, and the White Sox win it. One out for a no hitter. Focusing. Three and two. Rodon. To third. Moncada. Carlos Rodon has thrown a no hitter. Watching the rookie sheets. Kevin Sheets lets it up. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And it's White Sox baseball time. And uh, White Sox have been excellent to start out the season. Uh, it was tough opening day, of course. Uh, we'll talk about that one first and foremost. Um, bullpen collapse in that eighth or ninth inning there. Two runs each. Um, Liam Hendricks with the collapse himself. Um, no concerns for Liam, though. Uh, I mean, uh, closer of the year last year. Everybody, every closer is going to blow a save. And, you know, first game of the year is definitely uh, less of a concern. And um, 
but it was still uh, a, a good performance and uh, a lot of good things that we did see. Um, the new addition of AJ Pollock in that game he did get to play on that opening day had three hits that game, and two of them were opposite field. Nice little pull shot, too. Um, he looks good and a great addition to that outfield. Uh, yeah, definitely an awesome addition for the White Sox when they got AJ Pollock. You and I were talking about it when they traded for him. Uh, how that was going to be a good addition and they, that they needed him to stay healthy, get them some consistent at-bats there in right field. Uh, off to the, a great start in his first two games, grabbing like four or five base knocks, but then just following that, uh, going to be out for a little while here. So got to hope that it's a short-term injury and then it shouldn't really be anything to worry about. Well, at but. least he also has his uh, paternity, but... Uh, He's leaving for his family. He's having a kid. Okay. So okay. that was also on top of the injury. They just gave him the extra couple of days off. So um, Sox knew they were going to lose him anyway. So it wasn't the biggest of deals since he was going to be gone anyway. Um, let him heal up then, spend some time with this kid, and he'll be right back. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of other injuries, uh, that on that same opening day game, uh, Giolito went four innings. Um throwing a gem of only one hit baseball with six strikeouts, but he had uh, an injury and that was, he walked out after the fourth inning there. And uh, that was a big key factor of why also the momentum of that game kind of changed a little bit. Um, not for too long. He's only missing two starts. He's on the 10 day. Uh, IL. Yeah. Uh, two uh, off the bat for Giolito being hurt. It's not going to be a huge issue for the white Sox, considering the fact that, uh, I mean, they do have depth now with Lynn and Giolito gone. It's a little bit of concern that they're not crazy depth-wise, but they've got enough to get them through a few games here as far as as far as far I'm concerned. Uh, and what we did see in his debut, awesome performance with those four innings with that six strikeouts. Absolute dominance, and hopefully it is only two starts. And um, Andrew Vaughn was exceptional in uh, – that Detroit series, he had two home runs. Um, I think he had four RBIs in the the third game. Actually, the that that ten that ten to one game. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he An snapped in that. Andrew one. Andrew Vaughn went two for four with the home run and four RBIs in that game. And uh, good to see Vaughn up there and performing at a high level already early in the season, um, hitting some home runs and bringing in that uh, slugging percentage. Yeah, definitely awesome to see. Uh, considering last year uh, with Andrew Vaughn that he really snapped off for solid power off the bat, and then he kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, two, two early season home runs really it gets the ball, it gets the ball rolling for him. Um, his other DH though sheets has yet to get a hit. Uh, I think it's only, he's over six over seven. Yeah. He had like two games. So for six so far, um, but yeah, he still has yet to get a hit. I know it's early, but, um, you got to see something better than that so far. And uh, when you see the other guy, Vaughn, already have two home runs, um, it's interesting to see. Um, I really hope that Sheets can start swinging the bat a little bit better um, just to not be so much of a nuisance out there getting zero hits. I know it's only been two games, but still, you want to see some better production from the guy, especially when he's fighting for uh, playing time itself. Uh, even between right field, you know, Angel is uh, trying to get himself on the field. He always does it now with base running or defense. But, you know, if Sheets isn't swinging that bat, there's somebody else that's going to take his spot in the lineup. No, yeah, it's definitely going to be competitive. Uh, if one guy's not able to get it done, they're going to always have somebody else who wants to fight for that bat rack. So um, how do you feel watching the White Sox 
first off, just in general, in these first five games. Uh, that home opener, which I went to yesterday, was awesome. 36,000 people there. Um, everybody having a great time. Smiles all around. Competitive game. Awesome game. Luis Robert with a huge home run. And you know what? I Actually, I'll bring this to this. I'm going to move on to my next part here because I want to talk about Luis. Luis had four stolen bases in the first four games of the year with a home run. That, that is wild. Yeah. Four stolen bases already. Can he do a 40-for-40 40 40 season? And I'll, I'll even ask that on uh, at the go-ahead one on Twitter. I'll, I'll put a poll out there. Can he do a 30-for-30, 40-40 home run kind of season? Is that is that in his wheelhouse? Uh, I'll answer that question just like we'd like you guys to over at the go-ahead one on Twitter. But um, for me personally, there are only two guys in the MLB who can do that. It's Ronald Acuna Jr., and Luis Robert. Yeah. And if I think, somebody's going to do it, I think it's going to be Luis Robert in this breakout season where he wants to go out there and get MVP because that's what everyone's talking about. It's just not necessarily an expectation. Like, if he doesn't do it, people will be disappointed. But there are those betters out there, and there are those diehard White Sox fans who are heavy on the train that Luis Robert for MVP. And if anything else happens, they're not going to be happy. And I feel like he wants to prove that the hype is validated i think it is i mean he can do it all out there he's a star defender a star base runner and he's he can hit for contact he can hit for power he can do it all he really is such an excellent excellent player and he makes everybody on the white Sox a better player i 100 percent agree just like the level of talent that he has i remember uh hawk saying this before he retired as the Sox broadcaster that uh, a guy like Robert, this is when he was like just signed. He was talking about how much of a big impact player he's going to be because he's five tool. He brings it on both sides of the ball to an extreme level. So Luis Robert, uh, like we said, off to a hot start right now, and hopefully he can, conti- can can continue on throughout the season because with some of those guys in the rotation out currently, you'd need that extra spark in the offense. So I before going into the break, I, I asked the question, do the White Sox have anybody to worry about for the division? And now we saw Detroit. They're good, just not quite there. And they might even get a lot better during this season and be a competitive ball club, but I'm not worried about their wins for the division. Now, I would like to say that I am slightly worried about Minnesota, and especially if they really get that offense uh, flowing. They saw some decent pitching. Paddock didn't do well today. I didn't expect that from him. But do the White Sox actually have to worry about him? I would Uh, say eh, but go ahead. I'm going to 100% agree with you here, AJ. The eh is very validated in this instance, you know. Uh, You look at it with those guys. Keep your eye on them. How about that? Just just watch out. Just watch out. Like I'm not saying the backs are against the wall for the White Sox or that they're coming for their throat. Nothing like that. It's just like... Just watch out. They might be a little sneaky. Just might be competing with some wins, beating up on some other ball clubs. White Sox will probably beat them in a series, in a three-game series. They'll probably do the same thing 2-1 like they did Detroit, and they should be doing that for most of the season. But um, I think they could creep up there in the wins and a possible wild-card team. Um, I think they're better than what people think. Um, Obviously, they're not playing well against the Dodgers, but it's the Dodgers. Yeah, not doing too hot right now with Clayton Kershaw having an insane performance against the Twins today. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to talk about that in um, right after our next break here. Um, yeah, 
uh, Kershaw was throwing a perfect game through seven innings. And, yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it and what, what our thoughts on it pretty soon here. But um, Just like with the Twins, though, I mean, like you mentioned with Chris Paddock, he didn't have a good first game there. He kind of had a bad second half of his career with San Diego. He really was great early on, and he had some hype. I remember some of the Padres Nation saying, oh, he's got Jacob deGrom potential, and then he's had a few injuries, been a little bit inconsistent as a pitcher. So they, they got you know they got up. a ton of those guys: Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, ton of guys who at one point in their career were an ace. Yep, and uh, they're not anymore. And that's kind of their point, though. They're like, well, they're not anymore, but they once were. If we can milk out just a, a little bit of um, what they got left in them, then we'll take it. Um, but Dylan Bundy, uh, as I'm saying, actually did have a great performance. He only gave up one hit through five innings, and uh, I have him on my fantasy. He put up 20 points for me, which is really big. Um, I'm paying attention to that because, you know, if if Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, and uh, Chris Paddock are grooving at all, that rotation's a little bit scary. And that offense, which we know the Twins at one point broke the home run record, and that offense is still pretty much similar to that. Buxton's going crazy, and they got plenty of other guys. You know, Correa went deep a couple times. Uh, So that offense is a little scary here. Um, I'm not worried for the division, though. I'm not. We're in the same boat for sure right there, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that'll wrap it up here for our White Sox segment, but we're still going to continue talking about baseball and the other series going on. Stay tuned. This is your home for sports. Long-time fans. Sports is like life. Sportstownchicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now. Come later. Hey, come now in later. We never close at White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber Eats or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I could see a wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major request baseman? Maybe a point guard for a national champion. The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and LuxBarbershop.com. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. 
Chicago Dogs are back on SportstownChicago.com. Tune into the season opener against the Sioux City Explorers Friday, May 28th at Impact Field in Rosemont. First pitch at 7.05 Hear all the action right here on SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And we're continuing our talk about baseball here and some news that just happened as we were sitting here. Clayton Kershaw got pulled after being seven perfect innings on 80 pitches. Will, how do you feel about that? I understand that this kind of happens, it seems like, every year with baseball. 13 strikeouts elite and he's already had a no-hitter so if it's a no-hitter and you're Clayton Kershaw out there you're like oh Clayton's already had this no-hitter back what a decade ago but oh we can remember that that was an insane nine-inning game no no need to see it again already happened but this is a perfect game which I think I saw Jeff Passon tweet has only happened 23 times in history and hasn't happened since King Felix back in like 2012 think about that man the last time a no-hitter I mean a perfect game happened was King Felix era. Should That's have been Carlos Rodon. Should have been the toe, right the, right off his toe. the toe hitter. I was there. Breaker. I was there for that one, too. I remember you saying that back then. And, I, man, that was, outside of seeing Carlos Rodon in a Giants uniform, that's one of the most painful things that happened during Which, his Which, did you see Carlos's first game? Oh, don't. Let's not talk about it. Let's, let's just Five innings, it didn't 12 happen. Ks. So it, it didn't happen. He's, st- he's still in his form, but... Um, you just got to see if that man's going to be healthy for a whole 162, and I, I, I can't bake on it. Really right can't. when you mentioned that he had that performance, I knew that you were going to go there, and I'd go the same place. With him, it's a matter of him staying healthy, and that's not something that he – I mean, it's not like it's a decision you can obviously make because you can't control some odd injuries, but he just hasn't been able to stay out there. Um, Getting back to Kershaw really quick, though, um, I think it's really tough to pull him on 80 pitches, but – you got to take into a fact that it's a shortened spring training and off of like his, all of his injuries and his, all of his stuff, they want him to be healthy and they want everybody to be healthy. They're not having, I don't think anybody's throwing a hundred pitches in the MLB right now. Any starting pitcher is going anywhere near that right now. So it's hard. If this was maybe another start into the season, maybe, but I, I get it. They, they pulled Manaya too, I believe. For his no-hitter. Yeah, um, they did. They so, did. Sa- same thing. 80 pitches for him. It's hard. Everybody's got to build up to throw 100 and throw the complete game. It's too early in the year. You need these guys healthy. Short and spring training, they don't have the build-up of 100 pitches yet. I'm with you there. Uh, with it being a perfect game, though, it makes I know. it... You, you know, it just I'm, makes it that much more interesting. And ever since if I I'm really Kershaw, I'm just begging to stay in. And I, I'm not. I'm not leaving, Coach. Uh, do you see that up there? Do you see zero hits, zero walks, zero runs? Exactly. Like you had a very good point about how, like, oh, it's the beginning of the season. That's exactly why he shouldn't be staying out there. But then you also, if you're Kershaw, you just take a little glance up at that scoreboard. Listen, I, and I'm, you're a, like, no I'm actually, way, man. I'm on the side that I think he should have stayed in. But I totally understand and I get the concept of why they're taking him out. I totally get it. I just want to see the perfect game. Same here, man. Same here. Uh, it was broken up uh, in the eighth inning with a base hit. Um, so it went away right after they pulled him. 
And they finished with a one-hitter for the Twins. So um, we'll see that if that Twins offense can bounce back at all. Because as I'm saying, it's so powerful. They almost got a perfect game against them. But Kershaw was dealing. Seven perfect innings with 13 strikeouts. Uh, so some other games I would like to talk about. Uh, did you catch any of the Yankees-Red Sox series to start out the season? Um, I was able to watch uh, Sunday Night Baseball for the Yankees and Red Sox. And then outside of that, um, watching Game 1 which was uh, officially, like... Oh, my God. Did, wait, did you see Garrett Cole for that, though? Yeah, was, I was just going to say, he, it was officially the most ridiculous and absurd out-of-pocket complaint I've ever heard in my life. Him saying, oh, I can't believe this. This is so ridiculous. The game started three minutes late. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, four minutes late in his little Kermit voice com- complaining. It's like, man, you're getting paid $320 million. To be told to pitch at a certain hour of a certain day. I don't I think mean, you should dude, be complaining about it's, that it's level not, of consistency. You know that it's opening day. The festivities are going to be crazy. The fans haven't seen you in forever. It, I was listening to another podcast, and uh, literally, it's the it's the wildest thing, and it's just so annoying. Uh, like, you think about it. It's like, man, you it's opening day. You always know that they're, especially if you're the New York Yankees and you're at home for opening day. You know there's going to be ceremonies for whether it be Garrett Cole, some retirees, stuff like that. It's like festivities are huge on opening day in New York. So, I don't know. Makes him kind of look like even more of a prima donna than I already thought he was last year. All right. How about some actual non-on-the-field stuff? I'd like to just discuss that there's some news for Devers and for Bogarts. Both of them declined their contract extensions with Boston and Devers' recent reports say that he is asking for $300 million in his extension. So what are your first thoughts on that, that news? Uh, for me personally, we're going to stay with the, the Boston Red Sox, Fenway, uh, New York Yankees rivalry. I'd like to talk about uh, those two as well as uh, we've got Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge also declining his extension. So first we'll knock out. Obviously, these are all huge, but I think Aaron Judge is the bigger one, so we'll save that for last. But first, um, with those Red Sox ones, I saw that Devers was getting an offer that exceeded the Jose Ramirez one. Mm-hmm. I would but actually it, imagine so. I would, but not so. by a huge amount. Okay, which I think is fair because J Ram's still a star, and I think it was just a little bit low for what Devers wants. And I think he's probably less than a three hundred million dollar man, but. Somewhere in yeah, the range, somewhere I, in the I, range of like two fifty. I I do think he's about a seven or eight year guy though. Yeah, seven years, two fifty. You know, something of that nature um, at AAV. I, I, now I'm gonna go to Bogarts here, and the thing about Bogarts is, is if he doesn't stay, which you know it, it it is a big blow, but that's kind of why they signed Story in the first place. Because if Bogarts doesn't come back, they'll just move him to short and move somebody else to second base. So I feel like. If Bogarts doesn't take what they're giving him, he's gone. But I think they're going to work hard to keep Devers. That's just my personal feel of the Boston Red Sox in that situation. I agree. Uh, they've had uh, Bogarts here for a little bit longer than they've had Devers now, obviously. He's been there through the uh, World Series and the last rebuild that Boston had a little bit under a decade ago. But um, I think it's run its course with the Boston and Bogarts relationship. And I think that you're definitely right with... Uh, Devers being a little bit younger and a little bit more of a prime position over there at third. I just definitely agree that first priority is keeping Devers, and if it's not for the right price, he's out of there. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. So um, 
Now we'll move over to the Yankee side and Aaron Judge's situation. Um, honestly, I find it hard to believe that Judge is not going to be a Yankee. I think they'll eventually figure out whatever it is that Judge wants, and they'll meet somewhere. I 100% agree with you there. He's like the guy that, you know, he's on the Wheaties box in that Yankees jersey. It's just somebody who, like, outside of Mike Trout, is probably one of the b- biggest names in the sport. You also got, like, Acuna, of course. But the number one selling jersey since he came to the MLB, Aaron Judge. Yeah. No, he's I mean, a- he, he's the fan favorite in New York, um, even, like, m- more than Stanton or anybody else you can think of, Garrett Cole even. Um, yeah, Judge, Judge is the New York Yankees. Exactly. So, like, with you saying that, it's, it's definitely, I agree with you, it's, wild to think of him in another it's hard it's hard to even imagine it and i just feel also with you know the money that the yankees always are able to spend in the powerhouse you know if they can spend that money on garrett cole i'd be surprised if they wouldn't throw it on their own franchise man of aaron judge do you think with aaron judge though considering it's an extension and they're giving that amount do you think seven years 213 or whatever it was is enough oh i think he needs more What, what 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 would you put it at Probably close to what we were saying, Devers, two fifty, seven two fifty, seven eight two fifty, something like that. Mm-hmm. That AAV though, for me, I know that his injuries have kind of been like yeah. It depends on if he can stay healthy, weird, but when he's but on the field, he's he's a gold, he's a Gold Glove defender, and he's one of the best home run hitters. And you top know, he's, five in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a superstar. Um, yeah. All right. We'll move on from the off-field stuff, and um, I actually want to bring up another point here of the ex-Cub, you Darvish. You Darvish pitched against the Giants yesterday, and oh my lord. He only went one and two-thirds innings, giving up eight hits, nine runs. And just when the Padres were rolling to start out the beginning of the season, you Darvish absolutely gets destroyed. Yeah, that's an embarrassing finish. They were initially 4-1 and one to start the year. One of the best teams out of the gate to start the season. Their starting pitching was leading the way. You know, you Darvish pitched well in his first game. Yeah, with starting pitching leading the way, the storyline severely changed course here with the way he performed. Like you mentioned, them losing 13-2. to He only was able to get five outs out there, nine earned runs, two walks, and now he's got a 10.57 earned run average a week into the year. <laughs> That is after tough. after throwing a no hitter through like five innings in his first start. Yeah, he now is a ten ERA. That's crazy. That kind of reminds me of the U Darvish in Ch- Chicago with the Cubs. Just the level of inconsistency. Good week, good week or month, bad month, just fluctuation, which the Padres can't have early on or at all during this season. All right, so um, another team I'd like to talk about just in general uh, are the New Look Blue Jays with everything going on with them. Uh, they played their first series against the Rangers, and did you catch that opening day at all? Um, I wasn't able to catch that one, no. What, what <laughs> happened, AJ? Oh, my Lord. They were down 7 nothing, and they came back and won the game. Rangers were up 7 to nothing in the fourth inning, and Blue Jays came back and won that game 10-8. to it was fun to watch. That's it was, wild. It was quite quite the performance. Uh, that Blue Jays offense is absolutely for real. I mean, it's 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 exceptional. Um, yeah, I never thought you'd be able to say, oh, we lost Simeon, but our lineup got better. It's like you lose a guy with 45 home runs and you're able to technically upgrade, quote-unquote, that lineup. It's scary to me. 
But that just shows what the additions and depth of that team do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the that that lineup is just so so good. It's right up there with the White Sox. You know, possibly even some would argue better, but I think uh, Andrew Vaughn at the bottom of that lineup um, solidifies how good the White Sox lineup is. But I mean, just listen to this. Like this top this this top four right here is just really really tough. George Springer, Bo Bichette. Vlad Guerrero, Teoscar Hernandez. Those are superstar born hitters. And a lot of those guys have ridiculous pop. And then call me crazy, but Bo Bichette's pretty much as good a player as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, me probably. He's got a six war. He's got yeah. a six war. That glove is ridiculous and then bad and average. Elite. It'll be interesting to see what the Blue Jays do for this year. But that'll wrap it up for us here at the Go Ahead. Thank you for joining us. We'll be here next week, same time. Thank you for joining us. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shue. Peace. Peace. This is your home for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com. Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly, because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours, and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on. Hey, I'm Andy Griggs, asking you to help prevent domestic violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands.